through all my college years, you know. So I, I finally all wore a tendon in there, and so now I got to let it heal. <laughs> he overused it. <laughs> I told Jim. I told Jim. I said, "No, only one person's asked about it." Well, then another side because it's kind of don't see as much. I go. One of the things I hate the most with an injury that's obvious like this, everybody asks and you have to tell a million times what happened. So I just told you. So. Peace, peace. So that is wrapping my knuckles. So. All right, well, welcome everybody. And um, so we are getting our sound equipment updated, which is nice. It looks like a little village of aliens over here. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> looks like when I was a kid, I used to see my Uncle Martian. <laughs> That's right. So we're really channeling. He's on yeah. channel four. Yeah. I'm on channel three. So we're channeling that frequency. <laughs> yeah. So we thought we'd do something a little different tonight. We thought we'd just call in the light and do a guided meditation and then have Jim do a sharing. So just wanted to let you know ahead of time that if you notice something different tonight, it's because there is. So, well, why don't we go ahead and get started then with the... Same old difference. And we'll see how it unfolds tonight. One of the things I'm going to ask that you do as I begin to call in the light is just pay attention as I'm speaking and really bring your awareness inside. Even though you're listening to me, really begin to do your listening on the inner and bring your awareness and attention there because that's what this is really about. And the more you do that, even as we're speaking up here, the more and more you'll get in touch with that flow. Because when we get together as a group with the intention we have here, spirit does come forward and brings us all into a unison, if you will, of that spirit of loving. But it's up to each one of us individually to really come awake and aware to what that is, that oneness in the spirit. And so all you have to do is pay attention. Simply pay attention. Begin to look. Begin to listen. Begin to feel, begin to just allow the inner knowing to come forward. So even right now as I'm talking, you may already be feeling something inside starting to come to a calm or a frequency or a shift inside of you. And if you're not aware of that, that's just fine. Just begin to look inside. And that's all you have to do during this process. Because really this is already one. And all we're doing is awakening and coming into the awareness of that. So just relax and allow yourself to continue to awaken. And so now, if you would, just go ahead and close your eyes and continue to bring your focus inside and bring it in, inwards and upwards once again to that spiritualized center that resides above the eyebrows and back right in the center of the head allowing the whole frontal region of the brain to just become that spiritualized center to allow your focus to begin to shift from the physical into the spiritual. And all you have to do is open and allow yourself to be vulnerable and receptive to that loving spirit that you truly are. And so, Lord God, as we continue to come into the oneness within ourselves, we do ask that your divine light and sound just fill us, surround us, protect us, and guide us so that all that takes place this evening and hereforth throughout the night is a process of awakening to the greater knowing of your truth and oneness. And Lord, we do ask for your assistance to help us to let go, to release, and to free up 
all those things within us and around us that distract us or pull us away from Your loving heart. Lord, we do our part in awakening and observing so that we lift ourselves as we focus on Your divine love. And for all the blessings that are given, we are grateful as we open at this time and receive and sing that song of love that you, that frequency of loving that you truly are. So now, allow that frequency to vibrate through your beingness, bringing about awakening, awareness, upliftment, and joy. And as this frequency continues to vibrate through your beingness, allow this vibration to shake loose and to shake free all those things of the world below, everything from the subconscious and unconscious, through the mind, the emotions, the imagination, and through the physical body. Just allow this frequency of loving to shake free all that is not of the purity and the frequency of this loving spirit. And you might now begin to see this frequency of loving pouring down from above as a pure stream of white light. It might appear such as a waterfall or a column of light to streaming down from above your head and washing through you on every level in every way. Just cleansing and clearing all things of the lower frequencies so that you may truly step forward in your beingness and your divineness. Simply allow yourself to receive and to be open to this cleansing action of spirit. Just become vulnerable and receptive. This is an allowing process. The doing is simply to hold your focus on this loving as it washes through you. So begin to focus your attention more and more to this beautiful radiant light that is streaming down from above. Allow this action to continue washing through you as you continue to lift your awareness higher and higher so that you move towards the very source from which this light comes. And as you continue to lift your focus and your awareness, also allow the sound of the hue to be present with you so that the light and the sound together as one bring you the true frequency of unconditional loving, that you may become awake and aware to the truth and the knowing of this divine action of spirit as it is taking place within you and through you.
Simply allow yourself to relax and let go. And as you do, become more and more aware of that inner freedom of your soul, beginning to detach and release the physical body and all that goes with it, allowing your perception to awaken and to perceive the spirit as it is moving through you at this time. Allow your consciousness to ride upwards on the stream of light as it washes through you. You simply lift and ride it upwards towards its very source, that source of love, that source which we call God. It is simply a letting go and lifting process by which we transcend these lower frequencies and lift above and into the divine awareness. So just now, allow yourself to step free of the physical body and ride this river of light and sound and loving. Ride this river to its very source. And as you do, simply allow yourself to experience all that takes place as you continue moving closer and closer to this source of loving. And I'm going to remain quiet for several minutes to allow you the space to continue to lift and expand inwardly in spirit.
If you have not yet reached that source of this light, allow yourself now to continue moving upwards and into merge one with the source and allow this frequency to continue to expand you in the oneness so that you may come to know the divine within yourself and within all things to continue to lift inwards and upwards to greater and greater levels of awareness and expansion and if you find yourself at any point distracted simply bring your focus back to that loving light back to that sacred chant of the anahu or the holy names of god simply chant that silently within yourself as you continue to expand and experience this frequency and oneness of loving with the source of all So now, in this place of oneness and loving, allow the Christ child, the soul, the child of God that you truly are, to come present and aware and awake within you. Allow the playfulness and the joyfulness of this Christ child to begin to awaken and to live and enliven itself within you throughout your whole consciousness that you once again return to and be restored in that true divine child, that inner light, that inner sound, the child of God that you truly are. For this child truly is one of innocence, joy, playfulness, caring, loving, upliftment, and true divine awareness. Allow this to come awake and to live within you, that it be restored and that from this point forward it continue to awaken and live in you in more and more ways and more levels of consciousness and in every part of your beingness that you once again discover for yourself the joy of life, the joy of loving. The true playfulness is a divine child of the Lord. Allow this just to awaken and to live and to express within you and through you, bringing the joy of that light of loving into yourself and into the world around you so that all that you do and all that you experience is this joy of spirit, this joy of the Christ child. 
For this is who you truly are, this light of loving, the loving essence of the Lord. And as that child, now open and receive God's loving. God's loving for that child of who you are. For He is the Creator and you are the creation. So allow the Creator to love its creation. Simply open your spiritual heart and allow that loving from God to come directly into you and allow yourself to experience the fullness and the joy of God's love for you. As this love continues to fill you, just now become aware of this divine love welling up within you, within your beingness, this loving that you have as a child of God. And now allow this loving to overflow and to share this love back with God. Simply give your love to God in that innocence of the child loving the parent. Allow this loving just to come naturally from your beingness. And now share your loving with God and however you wish to do that. quiet for a few more minutes, allowing you to continue this process of letting God love you and you loving God. So continue this process of giving and receiving this divine loving and allowing it to lift you, to continue to expand you into the greater experience of oneness and this great divine ocean of love.
so now, once again, as this divine child of God, become aware of yourself within this great ocean of loving. Allow the awareness of soul to awaken and to know itself within this great body of love. And in this awareness, just acknowledge, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And as you acknowledge this within yourself, truly know the truth of this in your awareness and through your experience, so that as you acknowledge it, it becomes real and alive, and the divine truth of who you are begins to awaken and to live more fully within you and as you, for this is who you truly are. So now, in this beingness of loving, allow yourself to be carried once again on that river of loving that brought you to the very source. Once again, become aware of the movement of this loving. And as you become aware of the stream of light and sound, coming from the source and moving out back towards the physical planes. Just allow your awareness to begin to take notice of the movement of God's loving and allow yourself to be carried on the stream of light and sound. That in this stream of light and sound is the very essence and the oneness of this great ocean of loving that is always present in you and with you, that you are one with this ocean of loving, and that this river of loving is but the truth of the very ocean. So allow the truth of the stream of loving from the source, this ocean, to carry you now, to carry you in and through loving, back toward your physical body, keeping your full awareness of the divine child that you truly are. And allow the loving that you are to shine brightly and to live fully as you in every level of expression, in every level, in every experience, in you and through you. Allowing this loving now to carry your very soul back through the realms of the etheric, the mind, the emotions, through the imagination, back into the physical body, ever so gently and gradually, allowing your soul to once again come to reside at the divine seat, the place within the body we call the seat of the soul or the spiritual eye center. So allow now who you are, to begin to move back into the physical body with full awareness, with full brightness, that that living, loving essence of the Lord that you truly are, you know and you express. And as this comfortably becomes settled and you begin to experience your loving now, reaching into the physical body, flooding your body with this light and this love so that every cell and every particle and every atom and every organ, tissue, bone and your very beingness is flooded with this loving that truly the light of your soul, you live in its fullness on every level of expression and every level of creation. So allow this light of loving to live and to flood through you, continually moving as this divine river of love from above carries your soul in and out of the body. Allow this river of love now to continue washing through you and into the world around you as your soul becomes settled, 
and awakened aware spiritually and physically all at the same time so that you truly live in the here and now in full awareness, full consciousness, and full experience. And so gently and gradually just allow yourself to experience the physical body and to open your eyes and just allow that light to continue shining through. from Rumi, I guess. Is this on? Yeah. <laughs> Not used to this one. It's called Keep Your Heart Awake. There are many whose eyes are awake and whose hearts are asleep. Yet what can be seen by many creatures of water and clay? But he who keeps his heart awake will know and live this mystery. While the eyes of his head may sleep, his heart will open hundreds of eyes. If your heart isn't yet illumined, be awake always. Be a seeker of the heart. Be at war continually with your carnal soul. But if your heart is already awakened, sleep peacefully. Sleep in the arms of love. For your spiritual eye is not absent from the seven heavens and seven directions. That's good. Well, a couple of things. We will have the final copy of the new Initiates uh, uh, brochure very soon. Uh, we got what we thought was the final copy, and then we went through it and found a couple of little mistakes. But I thought if you'd want one, I have a few here just to, to give out in case you'd like a copy of it. We'll have the final copies very soon, though, that are all corrected. They left out a few apostrophes here and there. And, <laughs> and so we'll have that soon. Also, I'm going to have uh, someone put these on the back table. And you can kind of go through them, or somebody can separate them a little bit. These are cards that um, Anita McAfee up in Fort Wayne made. And they're little sayings that some of us in uh, ILM have said over the years, uh, one by me, the treasure of your spirituality is the depth of your loving. And one from Bill Stratton, God is taking care of us even if it doesn't look like it. And Stephen McAvee, what is the most loving thing that you can do right now? That's a question for you to, to look at. And from Laura, if ever a day starts to go by without thinking of God, uh, thanking God for it, you may begin your day again from that point. And then I think there's one in here. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Yeah. Ice cream works. <laughs> so... Um, Tucker, could you just put these back there and they'll be on the table back there if you want to go through them and take anything that you'd like, you're welcome to. Be just kind of something fun. Oh, okay. And um, so, let's see what happens. Was anyone aware of anything, of a presence that came in the room while we were meditating? Okay. Hmm. Boy, I was. <laughs> I'll share about that in a minute. Um, I've been asked to kind of share something tonight that I've never shared before, and I'm kind of at a loss within my mind as to how to approach it or to how to, to really get it clear. So I'm going to make uh, a start at it, and then I'll just see how they bring it forward and how well I can manage bringing the information forward. And, um, and if it gets real cloudy or foggy, let me know and we'll try to re-clarify. 
Could you put a different chart up? Because that one's going to be out of paper. While he's doing that, I'll share something else. Um, there's a saying in the world, many are called, but few are chosen. And I've heard people try to put their interpretation on that and, and come up with all kinds of different, what does that mean? And I thought I'd share with you a little bit about how I see that, that statement, what that really means. Uh, as I start into the evening. The audible live stream, the sound of God, that voice of God that created all and is calling all of its creation back to itself, is present in all of creation and is calling out to all of creation to wake up, to come present in itself, whatever level it's at, to come present, to come awake in itself, and to become aware of the divine in the moment that it is in. And so, in truth, all are called. The voice of God is ever calling to all of its creation, to all souls, to wake up. To wake up and to begin to choose back into the divine. To choose back into that creation of loving. So, many are called, but few are chosen. The chosen part is the fact that that voice of God is ever calling out, but there are really very few people that ever pay attention, that ever to choose back into that call. God is saying, come home, and there are a few that choose to do that. Those are the chosen ones, but they chose for themselves. They chose to listen to something other than the world and to begin to follow after that which is calling them. And so that to me is the chosen. God calls and we choose. And we then become the chosen by choosing to walk a different path. The path of loving, the path of neutrality, that inward focus rather than the outer. And for some people, I know when they come to ILM or go to other spiritual groups and begin to understand and to begin to practice meditation, they think that that's really the beginning of it and it was maybe then that they became the chosen, if you will. But in truth, this pathway for each of us started a long time ago. In this lifetime, there was something that caused us to look a different direction than the direction that everybody else in the world might be going. There was something that stirred inside. There was an incident in our lives that caused us to stop and look and see something different, hear something different that others didn't see or hear. And we began to choose to do our life differently. We began to make course corrections. We began to choose to do life in a different way, to make different choices, to act and react in different ways than we have in the past. And that could have happened 20, 30, 40 years ago. And it may have taken 20 years from that moment to all of a sudden begin to see a spiritual path opening before you. But all the time you were on a spiritual path. The moment you chose to do life differently, to do life through forgiveness, through acceptance, through loving, through doing differently, through making different choices, by loving rather than judging, by acting rather than reacting, in that moment you began to walk a spiritual path. At first that doesn't look real obvious because it's just choices you're making in the world. You're going in a different direction. You're going to go right instead of left. You're going to do this rather than that. And it doesn't look as though it might be a spiritual pathway. But in truth, that is the beginning of your pathway. That's where you chose to walk a different path than the rest of the world. So many are called, but few are chosen. And it's those few that have chosen to begin to walk that spiritual path at that point that are the ones that begin to walk the divine road, the road of love, and to listen to that voice of God calling them home. Now, it may not be a clear voice. It may not be a voice that says your name out loud and says, come on home or listen to me, or pay attention, or what are you doing? 
it may be a very subtle feeling or a light that seems to guide you, an inner light, a light of awareness that brings a different thought to you. And so I would invite you to look back in your life and see where that moment was for you, where that began to happen for you. I know where it happened for me. It was back when I was about four years old. And for some of us, it started out that early. But we also had a lot of karmas that were between us and the Lord that we had to walk through. Those karmas are our creation, our unlearned lessons. And it was for us to walk through them and to bring them into balance before we could begin to really truly see the spiritual path in front of us. And so we may have started out at the age of four years old, but with all those karmas in front of us, we had to also confront all these other things of life and deal with them first before we could really begin to see that path before us, that simple and easy path, that path of grace to begin to walk it more directly and consciously. But all the time, we've been walking that. And as I was meditating and I was listening, I, the first thing I heard was, Many are called, but few are chosen. And as I followed that energy, I began to look at my own life, and then I began to look at other people's lives and see when did they begin the path and when did they discover that they were actually on a path. And it often is many years from the beginning of the walk to the discovery that you were on a path that is very different than the world. And it is because of those karmas. And a very good example is Brian's life. And I don't know if you want to share a little bit about that or not. But do you want to? Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Brian was, um, as a child, very involved and caught up in the world. He really wanted to do the world, and he did it with a great vigor. He did it with a great deal of enjoyment and fun and, and involvement. And he did that all through his teens and into his, his early 20s as he went into college. Do you want to share more or do you want me to give my story of it? I'd like to hear you. Okay. <laughs> Might be different, but I'll, I'll share it the best I can. I may add a little to it. <laughs> okay. So uh, during that period of time, he really wasn't interested in the spiritual pathway or self awareness or self-growth or any of that. He was just in, involved in self in the world and really enjoying that part of it. And all the time his mother was ever kind of prodding him, well, why don't you read about this uh, meditation stuff? Or why don't you look at these things about spiritual pathways and so on and so forth? And all the time he'd just kind of push them aside and say, nope, I'm doing the world. He maybe not said it to her that way, but that's what he was saying. And as he got into high school, he began to do bodybuilding and began to work out to lose weight and to build his body. And as he did that, he got much more involved in bodybuilding until in college he went into competition and won a couple of awards and was very, very much the bodybuilder as well as uh, a, a university student and a partier, if I can say that. And so his life was uh, school, party, alcohol, going out on the weekends, and bodybuilding. And till one day, like a light switch went on in his life, and everything changed. And in that moment, he didn't have any choice other than <laughs> to begin to walk a different path, a different way. That light switch that went off was the inner light. The inner light of his spirit began to shine brightly within his own consciousness and to have an influence on his actions and reactions in the world and on his choices that he was making. And all of a sudden, the things in the world that used to draw him, that used to call to him, that he needed in his life and that he was 
chasing after and bringing into his life, all of a sudden that lost its luster, it's lost its purpose, it's lost its joy, it lost its attraction. And he began to have to search for what this was that was going on inside of him. And what was taking place inside of him was his spirit was now coming present. And it was at that point when that light went on is when he began to realize the path that he was walking. But in truth, and I haven't ever talked to him about this, I don't think, really. I think that if he were to look back in his early childhood, he could tell you that there was a point in time where he made a choice, a choice to do his life different than he had been doing before. And that's where he really began to walk the path. But he had a lot of karmas to contend with, to handle, to be responsible for before he could really begin to see the path and truth before him and to begin to walk it consciously. And so throughout all of his childhood, into his teens, into his young adulthood, he was fulfilling the karmas of the world that he had created for himself. Karmas are unlearned lessons. We are responsible for every action and reaction that we do in the world. And it's up to us in our own way to bring balance to all of that so that we're not responsible to any deed in the world, good or bad. There's nothing owed to us and we owe nothing. And so with Brian, he had several years there of karmic patterns in this lifetime that he brought in for himself to first confront, to look at, and to begin to handle and to walk through, to awaken into his true spiritual nature. And then when that day happened, when that light went on and he began to be drawn inwardly and be, began to be drawn into his own divine spirit, things changed. And all of a sudden, he lost interest in bodybuilding. He began to lose interest in the partying. And, and as he graduated and he began to move out into the world, his friends were kind of bewildered because he was totally changing right before their eyes and they couldn't understand what was going on. They thought he was depressed or sick, maybe with cancer or dying, who knows what they thought. But they saw him changing. His body structure was changing because he wasn't working out. His attitude was changing because he was looking at life from a more spiritually responsible presence in himself. And that wasn't where they were coming from. They were still coming from that place of their own karmic debt, their own karmic responsibilities. And so they were looking at him through their karmas and seeing a different person. Well, before they saw him and his own karmas that related to theirs, we are drawn to people of like frequency. We are drawn to people because that's the similarity of the pattern of the karmas will draw us together so that we can do the karmas together. We can figure things out together. We can walk the path of our karmas together. Does that make sense? That's often why we're drawn to our mate or we're drawn to a club or we're drawn to a career or a job. It's because of the frequency that is there. And we are drawn into that so that we can then, in that frequency, work out our karmic patterns that relate to that frequency. And so with his bodybuilding friends, they held a certain frequency. And he joined them and he mixed with them and he was having fun with them until all of a sudden his frequency shifted and they stayed the same. And as he began to pull away because he no longer was attracted to that frequency, they couldn't understand it. And they really could not see through their own process, their own karmas, what was really taking place in him. Does that give a pretty good explanation? Good. <laughs> so can you go back in your childhood and come up with a point where that happened? Yeah. At the age of four. Oh, really? <laughs> what was that? Well, I, well, I remember... 
when I was four years old, we just moved from one city to another. So I remember I loved this new house we moved into because it, it seemed so huge to me. Now when I go look at it, it's like, okay, so, you know, as a kid. But I remember all the big yard and the trees. And I remember every, every night when my parents would lay me down to sleep, after they would leave the room, I'd, I'd be laying on my back and I would always look up. And now that I know is my spiritual eye here, I would always look up because when I would just look and keep looking, all of a sudden I would actually experience it open up and I'd see the starry sky that you hear us talk about here. And it looked like outer space and it was moving. It was always going by. And so and every time that door opened, I felt such a peace. And so I knew what that, I knew the peace. And so every night I went to bed, um, I always looked for that. And when I didn't see it, I visualized it. So I used my creative imagination to visualize the, the stars until all of a sudden that door would open. And then I would experience actually the peace that came with that. And I used to have more of, um, well, I used to call as a kid, I guess, real dreams. Now I understand their wild body experiences, but there's dreams that I'd have that seem so real, just as real as here, if not more. And now I understand what that is. But right around the age of four and for several years, we lived in that house for four years, and I think most of that time um, I was aware of that. And then I, when I started getting up around eight years old, I think is when I started to really get more involved in playing, playing physically with biking and all kinds of sports and stuff in the world. I read around the age of seven or eight, and then when we moved when I was eight is when I really lost kind of sense of that and got more involved in just the world then. That's good. Well, and he shared something very important there when he was talking about the starry sky and how as he would see it, he could feel the peace as the stars was going by. And when that didn't happen, he would visualize it. He would imagine it. He would create it for himself until it happened, and then he would be in the peace. And that's really what we are to do in our meditation, is to create a space where that will happen. If you're not experiencing peace, if you're not experiencing the starry sky, if you're not experiencing the teacher coming present, if you're not experiencing the sound or light, visualize it, make it up, mock it up and create it until it does come forward for you. It will happen. The power of creative imagination is a wonderful tool that we can use to our own benefit. Oftentimes we use our imagination in the wrong way. We use our imagination to create barriers and blocks for ourselves. And we imagine the impossible. And then it becomes impossible. But if we can begin to imagine God coming into our consciousness and into our lives, if we can imagine the inner light beginning to radiate through our consciousness and through our body, bringing about balance and healing on all levels, if we can imagine the starry sky and we stepping out of this body and into the starry sky and beginning to travel out of body, if we can imagine going into our own soul and experiencing the oneness and experiencing the qualities of life beyond this creation in the realms of spirit, if we can imagine whatever it can come about if we will just hold in our imagination long enough for it to manifest. So in your meditation, if you find your meditations are dry and empty and hollow and not going anywhere, I would invite you to bring your present bring yourself present in your imagination and begin to imagine it. It's a way to invite God in. I remember when I was in my probably 10, 11, 12 years old, I began doing a meditation that I later called the Master of the Heart Meditation. And I would just imagine in my heart center a light body. And I would just see it sitting there cross-legged in front of me. And at first there was nothing, and in my imagination, then I would begin to imagine all these points of light gathering together until there was a body of light. All these pinpoints of light as a body of light seated, seated in front of me, just right there in front of me. And as I was doing that, I was just inviting God in. I wanted 
God to come present. I wanted the spiritual presence. I wanted it now. I wanted it in front of me. I wanted to be able to see it, to feel it, to know it, to be in it. And eventually came the presence of a spiritual being to begin to share and teach with me in another form, in another way. And I know that I created the opportunity for that to happen. I created a space in my consciousness, in my spiritual heart, where that presence could come present with me. And and I do believe that if I had not taken the time, the effort, over the many, many days, weeks, and, and months that it took to build that spiritual body, to build that spiritual form inside me, I more than likely would not have had the experiences I had with that spiritual presence teaching with me, sharing with me, taking me to places, guiding me and telling me different things that brought me into clarity and understanding about myself and how to do my life. So I know the power of creation and I know the power of imagination and they're very much one and the same. There's a saying, as you think, so it is, or something like that. As you think, so you become. Energy follows thought. So if you're putting this together, if you're creating with energy and putting something together in your consciousness, eventually it manifests. I was thinking it, the energy came together, and then it can manifest. So I would just invite you to look and see how to enliven your meditation. It may be the exact same process, but maybe bring something alive in it. Imagine yourself in the meditation actually having experience. (coughs) If you're not having experience, imagine yourself there and let yourself begin to have it that way until it really, truly comes present for you. So, as we were before we began tonight, I was going around talking with a few people, and somebody uh, asked about a certain movie that came out back in the 30s or 40s called "The Song of Bernadette." Has anyone ever seen that? It's about um, lords and. the miracles that are supposed to have taken place there with the Virgin Mary. And as we were talking, it brought up a memory of my own that was kind of fun. Um, We were talking a little bit about, do these miracles really happen where people do go to lords or these other places in the world and do they really get healings? Because uh, the Catholic Church has announced over the centuries of all these different miracles happening of um, people actually being healed. And more recently in the uh, 18th and 1900s, with the oncoming of better medical technique to find out if a person really has been healed, they actually have seen spontaneous healings take place uh, with people that have gone to these different sites. And they can't explain it, they don't understand it, but they do know that they have happened. They're few in number. They're not massive in number, but they are there. And they're unexplainable as far as physical, medical science goes. And so as we were talking, I was sharing with them the fact that what happens really in in these sites is something very simple. And it's very similar to what Jesus did when he healed the sick and, and, and raised people from the dead, if you will. It was... It's a simple process. If you go to a site such as Lourdes and you're suffering an an affliction, that illness, that disturbance in the body is a karmic pattern that is living itself out. And like everything in this creation, it has a timeline. It has a beginning point and an end point. And when it ends, it ends. It comes to completion. So when our karmic patterns come to an end, it's up to us to let go of them. Now, if there are mental karmas or emotional karmas or imaginational karmas, 
oftentimes then we begin to see our, our thoughts changing, our emotions changing, how we act and react in the world, and our imagination changing. We begin to imagine things differently than we have before. We see things in a different way. But when it comes to our physical karma, oftentimes our physical karmas cause physical discomforts or illnesses or imbalances. And we believe those to be sometimes permanent, when really it's karmic and it's not necessarily permanent. And for some people that have physical karmas and the karma is done, one day they just wake up and they're healed and they don't know why. For others, they need a reason to let go of it. They need something to spark them to let go of their physical karma, to help them release it. And so by going to Lourdes and putting forth their belief, their love, their faith forward as they go into that place, the physical karma can drop away because they have now given it permission to drop away. Now, they could have stayed home and done the same thing. They could have put forth their faith and their loving and their belief and they could have just let the karma drop away. And they could have had the same spontaneous healing that they had at Lourdes or at other places. <coughs> but they needed that extra stimulation, that stimulus by which to let go. And so that's why at certain places like this that's happened. And it's just how Jesus worked when he did the healings. When he was walking through the crowd,